God, nothing will be impossible. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. As we come to your word, we stand in awe of you, Father. We thank you because there is none like our Savior, Jesus. In every season, we can come before him and adore him because you are incomparable, Father. We bow down to the Lordship of Jesus and we acknowledge that there is nothing impossible for you. We yield our life to you this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Mold us, mend us. Impress your image upon us that Christ be seen in us, Father. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. And we proclaim victory in the house. To God be the glory. Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. We're going to look into the scriptures and the title of today's message is The Lesson We Learn from the First Christmas. Praise the Lord. As we read the Gospels, we see the birth of Christ and everything that is associated with the birth of Christ that is recorded in the Gospels. So I want to draw your attention to what I want to tag it as the Christmas circle and the center. The Christmas circle and the center. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at some of the characters in the Bible that is around this Christmas circle or around Christ as he's going to come to the earth. Praise the Lord. As recorded in the scripture. And as we ponder on it, we want to stand with the word that is mentioned in the scripture for with God nothing is impossible praise the Lord amen this season as the world around us celebrates with lights glamour glitz glory so many things are going around us we want this message to resound in our ears that with God Nothing is impossible. Praise the Lord. So as we walk out of this place today, we want to carry that message with us that with God there is nothing impossible. And we're going to look at different characters in the scripture that is connected to the birth of Christ. Look at that circle closely and see how God can use people who seems to be seem to look insignificant and the nobodies how God can use them to usher his purpose and his plan on the earth and what is it that we can glean from them praise the Lord so have you ever wondered in your life how normal people average people ordinary people is being drafted into the greatest story ever told. Praise the Lord. Imagine when an important person comes to town, there is such a buzz. If you were going to an event, and if baseball stars were there, if somebody were to tell you that Mike Trout is coming, or Mookie Betts is coming, or Bryce Harper is coming, there is such a big excitement. Or if you are told that the NBS stars are coming, you know, just think if someone were to tell you LeBron James is coming, Steph Curry is coming, you know, these guys are coming to some, one of the events. People are so excited. Now, think about what the world, how God unveils his plan when his son, Jesus Christ came into the world. This, the Christmas story tells us that God does things so differently. Praise the Lord. You know, the most important person in the history of world, mankind, when he came into the world, there was no bus, there was nothing going around, people did not even notice it. The wayside inn said that they had no place for Jesus. 
Actually, Jesus was brought into Bethlehem as in the womb of a teenager girl, Mary, who gave birth to Jesus in a manger. It's completely different, right? We all are familiar with this recording or the story of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the manger, the shepherds, the wise men, all these things are recorded. As you see this, what goes through our mind? Hidden inside this familiar story is a surprising revelation that God's ways are unique. Praise the Lord. God's ways and methods are completely different. Quite often, he can bypass the prominent he can bypass the elite of the society and he can use the insignificant ones, the normal, the average, and according to the worldly standard, and yet God can fulfill his purpose. Let's start with the place first. The place. Now, we got many event coordinators in our church. If you don't know who they are, you can come and talk to me after the service. I will tell you who they are. Maybe you can call them up for one of your events. Now, if you were an event coordinator and you were assigned the task of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, his birth taking place, what kind of place would you pick for the birth of God's son. But we see the place that God picks. Which place did he pick? Can you tell me what town was this? Bethlehem. Praise the Lord. Jesus in Bethlehem of all the places in the world. Would you have picked a place like Bethlehem to usher the birth of the most important person in the history of mankind. You know what it tells us? Jesus can come into little lives. Jesus can come into little people like us. People who are somewhat dusty. People who are somewhat not impressive in any manner. And he can make things great for us. Praise the Lord. Not because of what we are or who we are, but to whom we belong to. Praise the Lord. When Jesus picks a place, when Jesus picks a person, and when Christ enters that place or Christ enters into the person's life, it becomes such a drastic Different. The insignificant ones become significant. The nobodies become somebodies. Praise the Lord. Yes, we cover totally life and the trajectory of our life, the destiny of our life can change. And if it's only a place, like the people asked once, can anything good come from Nazareth? If Jesus is in that place, nothing but good can come out of Nazareth or Bethlehem, whatever it could be. Praise the Lord. The place, the people. Think about the people, right? God's choice quite often involves people who are shrouded in obscurity. The insignificant, the nobodies, yet they bring to the table amazing traits. When we study their lives, we can emulate so many good things into our own lives. So we got to look at some of the characters who stand around in the circle. Number one, the Bible talks about Joseph. And Matthew 1.19 talks about a decision that Joseph makes. Joseph to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Hey, 
Joseph was an average, a common person from the working class, a worker. Praise the Lord. As far as the world was concerned, he was just another person, just a nobody. He was faced with a choice between trusting God and protecting his reputation in a small town. Think about reputations, important people, or just average people, they want to protect their reputation. And Joseph was no different. He wanted to protect his reputation, yet he decided that he was going to go on the limb for God. Joseph said yes to God's plan. He said when he said yes to God's plan, it turned his world upside down. I want you to understand as we follow Jesus, as we carry Christ in us, as we allow Jesus to be formed within us, as we say yes to God's assignments, our world can turn upside down. Quite often, people don't think about the seriousness of saying yes to Jesus. Praise God. When Joseph said yes to God, to God's plan, things changed for him. Praise God. He was saying yes to God. At the same time, it was saying yes to shame when you think what he went through. He was saying yes to loving God and we see that God chose Joseph to act as a foster father to the savior of the world. Praise the Lord. Now I'm drawing your attention. When Mary comes to Joseph and Mary tells him, I am pregnant, he could have charged her with immorality. But we see Joseph showed mercy. And so I want to draw your attention to the unique combination of godly trait in this man. Number one, Joseph was a moral man. Praise the Lord. He lived a life about reproach. Praise the Lord. He was not indulging himself in any kind of immorality. A moral man, yet one of the unique characteristics of Joseph was he was also a merciful man. Praise the Lord. That's what the scripture says. He says he did not want to put what? Put Mary to shame and let her go through the roller coaster ride of law taking care of Mary. So he was thinking in his mind that he will put her quietly away without making any fuss. So you see in Joseph a man who is moral and a man who is merciful. You know, when people live about reproach, when people make sure that their lives are about reproach and there is no known offense in them, pride can enter into their lives. Well-meaning people, good people, when they live a life that is beyond reproach, pride can seep into them and they can become very unmerciful. Praise the Lord. But in Joseph, you see a blend of a rare combination. As much as moral he was, he was also merciful. Children of God, there is something that you and I have to learn. That we have to live a life that is moral, that is righteous before God. At the same time, we have to become people who are merciful. Praise the Lord. That's the combination that God wants to see in us. Because that's what you see in our God. He's a righteous God. He's a perfect God. He's a holy God. At the same time, he's a compassionate father. A blend of these two qualities 
in this season is something worth pondering. Lord, help me to be moral, morally pure in a society that is contaminated, corrupted by the things of this world. Yet, let me have a heart that is full of mercy, that I am able to show mercy to others. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful combo it is. And then we see when the angel comes and talks to Joseph, the Bible says he just does not just simply take it in, but the Bible says he started thinking. He started thinking about what was told to him. Praise the Lord. Imagine that. That means Joseph was a thinker or he analyzed things logically. So he thought about what was told to him and he started thinking about what the message that had come to him. But that night the Bible says that he had a dream. And in the dream, what, did, what was the message that was given to him? As he was contemplating putting Mary away, what was the dream? Huh? Come on. To take, take her. So as much he was logical in his thinking and he wanted to put her over quietly so that she will not be affected in any manner, he was flexible to divine direction. See, you have to understand this, you know. We analyze a lot of things through what we see what we hear. Quite often, our understanding and our perception is based on what is presented to us. We are only able to see what is on the physical plane. But there are things that are beyond the physical plane. Praise the Lord. And when God deals with us, and he gives us divine directions, are we flexible to go along with the flow that God brings in our lives? So in Joseph, you see a very unique blend, a blend of morally pure person, but a merciful person. A blend of a man who logically processes things, yet flexible enough to go with the divine direction from God. No wonder God saw it fit that this man Joseph was fit to be the foster father of the son of God. Praise the Lord. We understand that this was not the first time he had got the divine direction. As we read the story of the birth of Jesus, we see that this divine direction was available for Joseph time and time and time again because he was flexible or he was willing to submit to the direction God was giving him. He was able to bring it into fruition, the sustenance and the protection for the Son of God. Praise the Lord. Now I want to draw one question to you. If Joseph had decided to say no to the first divine direction God gave him, what do you think would have happened? Have you ever thought about it? Quite often people of God miss the move of God missed the divine direction from God, missed the guidance from God because we are not willing to submit to the direction that the Lord gives us. Praise the Lord. For Joseph at that time, God spoke to him through dreams. Praise the Lord. Today, we have the Holy Spirit within us. The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit are called the children of God. And the Holy Spirit might employ various methods 
to speak to us and to give us the divine direction that is needed. Only a person who is flexible and not rigid in his ways can be led in the paths of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like Joseph in the realms, when God wants to entrust you and me with an assignment, can you and I handle the pressure and yet be balanced? So as we look at this character, Joseph, we need to ask ourselves, if God were to assign an assignment to us, listen, this particular assignment is once in the history of mankind. It's not going to be repeated. But every one of us have different assignment God will give based on God's plan and purpose concerning our lives. So when he gives that assignment to us, what and how would be our response? Bringing the next most important character in the circle, Mary. Luke 1.28 records like this. The angel went to her and said, Greetings who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. Listen, Mary was a teenage girl from a small town. In Bible times, you and I know the women were not given much prominence. They were not considered very important. And then add to it, she was young, a teenager, and living a life that was pleasing to God, yet just an ordinary young girl. Praise the Lord. Mary was God's choice. And God sends the message through the angel. And we see what was the message. The message was that she was highly favored of God. Praise the Lord. God considered her somebody important and gave her a pretty tough, tough assignment that was not entrusted to anyone before or after this particular time. Highly favored, thou art blessed among women. Praise the Lord. What was the assignment? As a virgin, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon her and she will give, she will give birth to the Holy One. Praise the Lord. Once in a history of mankind. Now, Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Wow. Wow. The level of her commitment. Her commitment to the plan of God made her vulnerable. Praise the Lord. To what was in store for her. Yet she committed the cause into God's hand. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful young lady is Mary. A woman selected of all the women of history to be one to bear God's son, Jesus, into the world. And you, have you ever read Mary's song? When you get a chance today or tomorrow, go home and read Mary's song. Mary breaks forth into a song. And as you read her song, you will see that she had a heart for God. Praise the Lord. And she had insight into God's word. Praise the Lord. We have to understand this. God's speak is always unique. Praise the Lord. God looks at our heart. Praise the Lord. When world evaluates us based on the externals, God looks at the internal. And as you go through her song, you will realize the in-depth of her understanding about God and her commitment and relationship to God. Praise the Lord. Yes? Please note 
the Bible says she was blessed among the women, not about women. Why do I bring that point? This is very important that we understand. There is no scripture or any suggestion in the scripture that Mary should be worshipped or prayed to. Why? Because the scripture makes it very clear. She is indeed most blessed among women, but she is only a woman. A vessel that God chose to bring to complete and fulfill the purpose of God. She was blessed among women, not about women. Praise the Lord. God can use any vessel that is available to usher the plan and the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. God's ways often involves the unconventional or the unknown methods. Why? Because God's plan is simply out of this world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When God decides to do something unique with a person, through a person, the methods and the methodology that he may use might baffle us, praise the Lord, to the point that we might not have a point of reference. Praise the Lord. Those who will say, Lord, I am available, God can use you in a manner that is not known to anyone. Mary stands as an exemplary example of a vessel that is submitted and committed to the Lord. Like Mary, can you handle the unconventional methods God might employ to initiate his plan and his purpose through your life. This Christmas season, as we indulge ourselves in cookies and cakes, as we give gifts and bring gifts and take gifts, or whichever way you plan to celebrate, this is something very seriously you need to think. Praise the Lord. The circle around Jesus, how God used these people to usher God's purpose likewise, we who are carrying Jesus in our heart, how far would we go to fulfill the plan of God? Shall we move on? I want to draw your attention to the shepherds. It's a night like any other night. The city lights are nowhere to be seen. It's dark and it is pitch dark. The silence of the night is there. And as the shepherds are in the field, the Bible says, the darkness is cut through by the light that shines. The angel of God appears. There is light and there is a message given to the shepherd. And as the shepherds hear the message, and as the angel is ready to go, we see the heavenly choir comes there, and the silence of the night is shattered by heavenly choir and the melody that is placed. The message is given to the shepherd. Now think of about the shepherd. They are ostracized, outcast, the lowest in the society. Praise the Lord. They are out, yet God deemed it fit to send his angels to these shepherds and let them know that Christ is born in Bethlehem. Gives them the, the, the message such clear and crisp manner that this uneducated shepherds can go Find, locate Jesus and give glory to God. You know how the shepherds responded. Praise the Lord. You know, when you hear the report about Jesus, our response is very important. They were told 
where and how they could acknowledge and recognize who Jesus was. Praise the Lord. They went and they witnessed Jesus as it was told to them. Once you see Emmanuel, God with us. Praise the Lord. And when they went and saw Jesus wrapped in swaddlings in the manger, one who came to die. Praise the Lord. You can't help but do what the shepherds did. Do you know what they did? What did the shepherds do? What did the shepherds do? They went, saw, and they spread the news. Can you believe the report about Jesus, about God? You got to believe first, and those who believe and witness, there is something else expected of them. Do you know what it is? You go and spread the good news of the birth of Jesus. You know the shepherds went without being bashful. This is how the scripture puts it. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. These guys went and told what was told to them and what they saw. And wherever they went, they shared this story. And the Bible says, all those who heard this story were astonished. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you, have you ever shared the story of the birth of Jesus with anyone? You have read the story. You have heard the story. You have probably accepted Jesus as your savior in your heart. And this Christmas you are ready to celebrate yet another Christmas. Have you ever told anyone, one person, one person, about the birth of Jesus? If not, this Christmas season, you should try to tell about the birth of Jesus to one person. Family get-togethers are good, you know. We had a family get-together during the Thanksgiving season. It was a beautiful time. Our families got together. And we used that as a platform. We sang to the Lord. We worshiped the Lord. And we shared about being grateful to the Lord. Every one of us this season, if you're having family get together, there are people in our family, in our extended family, who don't know Jesus as their Savior. As you celebrate, remember, use this opportunity to portray who Jesus is and why he came into this world. Otherwise, it does not make any sense or difference with all the celebrations that takes place. Praise the Lord. It's such a beautiful season. The lights are out. People are joyful and happy and all this. It's good. It's good. But let us not forget the real reason why Jesus came and why this has been entrusted to you and me so that we can share the gospel. Have you ever wondered of all the people? There were the scribes, the Pharisees, and the priests, and the religious elite in Jerusalem. But God did not send his angels to any one of these guys. You know why? Because God knows who is going to spread the word. Would you spread the word? This season is a good season to spread the word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God counted them in. He could count them to spread the word. Can he count on you and me to spread the word? We're going on a mission trip next week. But do we have to go once in a year to some other part of the world 
to share the gospel? What about the place that we are in? How often are you willing to share the gospel? I've been calling people saying, can you come with me to the 42nd Street, to the Grand Central Terminal? What a season this is. You know, you can sing carols and you can hand out tracts and you can sing about the love of God. How often we miss the opportunity because we are so busy with so many insignificant things. The season is a beautiful season to portray Jesus to a dying world. Sharing the story of the birth of Jesus is very, very important. The first advent, you know, we need to know the purpose of the birth of Jesus. Do you know what is the purpose of the birth of Jesus? Is it just to come and sit around the fireplace, fill our stockings with gifts and give gifts to each other? Is that what the purpose is? It's much, much, much more than that. Praise the Lord. The Bible lays down the purpose of the coming of Jesus. And I just draw, I want to draw just a few. One, Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. John 10, 10, Jesus said that I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Jesus said, I came to reveal the Father's heart. Jesus said, I came to do the will of the Father. Jesus said in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, John the Apostle says, for this purpose, and you can connect with what Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy but I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. John 10, 10. But in 1 John, the apostle John says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the work of the devil. Do you know why Jesus came? Have you experienced that in your life? Are you an extension that God uses us to let the world know the purpose of the season, the purpose of the birth of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Jesus came to pay the penalty of the sins of mankind. Praise the Lord. Jesus was born to die. Praise God. When you talk about Jesus, it's not like any other human being. He's the source of life. He's the embodiment of life. He's the giver of life. And this source of life laid down his life on the cross so that you and I can become recipients of life that only Jesus can give. Praise the Lord. God had provided his people a merciful system of atonement by the shedding of the blood through animal sacrifice. But the law prescribed as the law prescribed, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Animal blood could not fully pay for human sins. Only pure and sinless human blood could atone for the sins of mankind. And no man was worthy Praise the Lord. At the fullness of time, God took the form of man, came into this world, born of a virgin, praise the Lord, lived a perfect sinless life. At the appointed time, Jesus went up on the cross and he laid down his life for you and me. Praise the Lord. When the Bible says, for all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. That means me and you as well. And we needed a way out. And that way was Jesus the way. So God sent his son. The perfect. The sinless. The pure. Praise the Lord. Sacrificial lamb. Who would be put on the altar. On the cross. He shed his blood. To pay the penalty of mankind's sin. 
That's why Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and 18 and 19, we were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without, without spot. Experience Jesus in your life and share Jesus to a world this season. Praise the Lord. My time is running out. I'm going to cut out and I'm going to move forward. I want to draw your attention to something very important. The wise men who came from the east. Praise the Lord. You know, what is so different about them? Anybody? The wise men from the east. Tell me, what's different about them? Other than the fact that they are wise, what's different about them? They were willing to take the journey. Yes, anyone else? They were what? They are not Jewish. See, God reaching out to the outcast, the shepherds, the lower strata of the society. Now God is reaching out to the Gentiles, the foreigners. Think about the foreigners, right? Think about the foreigners. You would not consider yourself as a foreigner. You're born and you're raised here, but think about the foreigner. The foreigner is different. Different in what? Tell me the difference in the foreigners. Different in language. Different in culture. Different in customs. Different in their looks. Different in how they dress. Different in how they carry themselves. Different in their worship, different in their sacred scriptures, different in every way. But God reaches out to the foreigner and speaks his language. What is his language? He looks at the stars and God puts a message up there saying, a real star is born. Praise the Lord. That was good enough for them. The shepherds needed a clear message. God speaks to us based on our understanding. If it needs to be broken down to the least common denominator, God will come down to your level to make you understand. But if you're high and elite, he does not disregard you. He speaks your language. Everyone is important to God. And that draws this men, this wise men, on search, in search of Jesus. They traveled, they traveled, they traveled months, perhaps over a year, till they locate Jesus. And I want to draw your attention as we look at the characters that surround the birth of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Do you think, question number one, they came to get anything from Jesus? Praise God. The Bible says they came to him. Jesus by that time was a toddler in Bethlehem. They were not coming to hear his teaching. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Divinity and humanity together. 100% God, 100% man. Praise the Lord. Then they came to Jesus. They were not coming to hear his teaching because Jesus had not started his ministry. When they came to Jesus, they were not looking for anything. But when they came to Jesus, they stood around him. And what did they do? What did they do? They worshipped him. Praise the Lord. They worshipped him. They solely worshipped him because of who he is. When we come to church, do we come to worship with a mind of getting something from God? 
I'm going to come to God. Next week, I have an exam. Lord, help me in my exam. Next week, I have a business deal. Help me with my business deal. Lord, I am down and I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I need an emotional and a spiritual high. That's why I'm coming. Listen, you might get all these things when you come to worship. But when we come to worship, we come to adore him who is worthy to be worshipped. Nothing more, nothing less. Worship when we come to him. Our mind should be prepared to give him the glory that is due unto his name. Praise the Lord. Why should we worship Jesus? Because he's a king of kings. Is the Lord of Lord. Is the Creator God. Is a Redeemer God. Is a Savior God. Is the Eternal One, the Immortal One, the Invisible One, One who lives in unapproachable light, One who calls the things that are not as if they are. Is the Almighty One. Is the El Shaddai. Is the El Elyon, the Most High God. Is Emmanuel, God with us. Is the All and All. Is the Rock of Ages. Is the Smitten Rock. Is the Fairest of Ten Thousand. Is the Lily of the Valley. Is the Rose of Sharon. Is the Incomparable One. No one is like Him. He's worthy to be worshipped. So when we come in to his presence this season or any season we come to him because he alone is worthy to be worshipped and adored an understanding of who Jesus is should be the motivation and the drive for worship no wonder Revelation 4.11 records like this thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. Can we lift up both our hands and say this? Repeat this. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Praise the Lord. When we come in God's presence, we come to adore Him. Praise the Lord. And the more you spend time in His presence, adoring Him, thinking about who he is you get lost in worship because he's awesome and there is none like Jesus praise the Lord let me just tell you worship is costly listen, listen to this they came they presented the Bible says gold frankincense and myrrh and bow down and worship him the wise men were wise enough to know when you come to God to worship, you don't come with empty hands. You don't come with empty hearts. Praise God. Worthy is the Lord to be worshipped. They placed gold, frankincense and myrrh. Today, what have you brought when you worship God? Is your heart full of thanksgiving? Are you giving the fruit of our lips, giving praise to God? Worship is not cheap. Worship is costly. It might at time cost you your dignity. It might at time cost you financially. As you learn to tithe and give. Let me tell you, this is the 51st Sunday of this year. I want you to take an inventory of your own life. I want you to mentally go through your checkbook and ask yourself, have you been faithful in giving to the Lord? Have you been faithful in tithing? Have you been faithful in spending for the Lord? Praise God. Worship is not cheap. At times it might cost you your friend, your family, Magi or the wise men came worshipping him with costly gifts. So the question now can you make the journey? <laughs> Are you willing 
to spend and to be spent. Listen, salvation is free. Salvation is free. But when you start living for Him, you will realize that you need to be spent for Him and for His cause. Spend what? Are you willing to give your toil and your labor to the Lord? Are you willing to give your time to the Lord? Are you willing to give your treasures to the Lord? Are you willing to pursue the direction that God gives in your life? Sometimes the more intelligent we are, the higher the IQ that we have, it can be in our way, but not the wise men. They were wise men. They were highly intelligent. They could read the stars, but that did not stop them from pursuing Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, they recognized that he was worthy to be worshipped. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, Christmas teaches us that God's plan and purpose is well planned out. What do you think? You think this was a last-minute scramble? You think it was a last-minute scramble? When we read that part, you know they were on the way for the census and, you know, Mary had the pain. She wanted to give birth and there was no room at the inn. So they went to the... It's a scramble. God's plan is never scrambled. God is meticulous in his planning. You have a doubt, look into the solar system. Look into the world. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Praise God. God is meticulous in his work. Praise God. Everything is ordered. The Bible says the ways of God are perfect. How much more when he sent the perfect sinless son of God into this world. Don't ever read the book and think that God scrambled. It was a last minute plan. No. My Bible says it's a lamb of God which was slain before the foundation of the world. In the garden of Eden, God said, praise God, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. The prophet cried out, whether it's Isaiah or Daniel or Micah, prophesied about the birth and the coming of Jesus. Micah 5, 2 says, gives exactly the place of the birth of Jesus. When you celebrate the season, keep in mind, God orchestrates events in such a manner that He will fulfill His plans. Listen, God will fulfill His plan. Make sure you and I are in the plan of God. When we are in the plan of God, the impossible becomes possible because you are connected to the one who does things which are impossible. Luke 2.1 says that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all the people should be what? Taxed. And for that, they should go where? They should go where? Where should they go? Back to their hometown. Now, if you want to be taxed, man, you could be taxed anywhere. Can you imagine? Somebody were to tell you if you have to be taxed, if you are born somewhere else in the world, you have to go there. That's what the decree. And Augustus Caesar, as, as, as the emperor, he was unleashing his power and he was putting a plan in motion and he decreed that all should go back to their hometown and should be taxed. Praise the Lord. Little did Caesar Augustus realize 
that he was simply fulfilling the prophecy which is mentioned in Micah 5:2 which declared that the messiah would be born in Bethlehem where else you would think the son of david be born but in Bethlehem the city of david where else you think the bread of life that came down from heaven would be born in Bethlehem where the house of bread praise the lord yes caesar made the proclamation he issued the decree but caesar had no clue that god had ordained this praise god listen you and i need to understand that god god is a sovereign god and when you and i are in the plan of god in the purpose of god god can shake things around god can issue new decrees god can issue new edicts god can issue new laws that will bring the purpose of god into motion we're talking about the birth of jesus the coming of jesus when you study the bible the bible talks about two advents one jesus came into this world to save sinners do you know that the bible also talks about the second coming of jesus his first advent or his first coming when he was born of a woman he came as a lamp of god to pay the price of the sins of the world praise the lord in his second coming the second advent the bible teaches us there is two phases to it one is going to come as a bridegroom to gather his bride do you know who's the bride the church of jesus christ you and i are the bride those who have received jesus as their savior those who have confessed their sins and believe that jesus took my sin on the cross of calvary and became my substitute died on the cross therefore when i believe jesus died for my sin and when i receive him as my savior i become a child of god and when i am nurtured in the word of god when i am led and directed by the holy spirit and when i live a life that is pleasing to god when i am sealed and baptized by the holy spirit and i am filled with the spirit and i live a life that is pleasing to him when he comes as a bridegroom i will be taken from here as a bride do you have that assurance this morning if not today is the day to have that assurance by receiving Jesus as the savior when Jesus first came he came as a lamb of god he's going to come back again he's also going to come as a lion of the tribe of judah he will judge the world of sin praise god there can be a first advent there can be a second advent without the first advent Jesus had to come first as the lamb before he can come again as a lion why because god is merciful god is just god is compassionate praise the lord when he came the first time he sacrificed himself on the cross and when we are covered by the blood of jesus we are forgiven of our sins saved from the judgment of god that will take place when he comes as the lion of judah we don't know when jesus will come but one of these days surely he will come as we conclude this i want to say one more thing do you know what is the reason that jesus came he came because he loves you and me for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him whether you are high on the ladder or low on the ladder whether you consider yourself as somebody or you are a nobody regardless of who you are all those who believe praise god will have everlasting life that's god's kind of life the bible says 
God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved Christmas is a time to remember God's great love for us praise the lord he loved us he loved us what is our response can we say with the gospel writer we love him because he first loved us and if we have the love of jesus in us we have to share this love with a world that doesn't know so this christmas talk about jesus spread the word praise the lord spread the word shall we pray father we are grateful to you we humble ourselves before you lord we stand in awe when we look at the christmas circle how god used people who were not known yet we look at the center the object of worship the object of adoration and when we hallelujah come into the purpose and the plan of god we believe that there is nothing impossible for you this season father we want to be connected and immerse ourselves in the purpose and the plan of god regardless of what it is father we pray that we will see the hand of god doing the supernatural in our lives in jesus name we pray amen